welcome to the Reading for Success podcast brought to you by the Success League. This podcast focuses on books, articles, and other resources for customer success, provides an overview of each, and gives you an honest assessment of whether or not it's worth your time. Hi, my name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Reading for Success. I'm also the CEO of the Success League, a boutique customer success consulting and training firm based in San Francisco. Today, we are wrapping up my review of The Effective Manager by Mark Horseman of Manager Tools fame with both chapters 10 through 14 of the book and an author interview. I have to admit, I am a giant fan of Mark's work, so it was a huge honor to interview him for this podcast. I hope you'll listen to this episode, but then also cut over to the bonus episode for my interview with Mark. Before we get to the book, I want to cover an important article today. This is a very recent article that was published by HBR.org on November 3rd called Talking About Mental Health with Your Employees Without Overstepping by Deborah Grayson Riegel. This is a timely article. Um, This is really a short article, too. It's just five pages long, and it's very practical, and it's about how to talk with your employees about their mental health, and it approaches it in a very sensitive way. So how is this related to customer success? I think for managers, the relevance should be obvious here. Anyone in the world is facing a more stressful than normal year, and those teams based in the U.S. are having a truly horrific 2020. Uh, This article covers how to talk to your teams about the impacts of what they are dealing with and uh, how best to help. As a side note, there's a really great section on active listening toward the end of the article that can also apply to CSMs who want to learn to listen better to their customers and includes a list of practical tips on doing so. So what were my key takeaways here? Mental health is a big deal right now. And I think this article highlights the fact that the mental fallout from 2020 is almost a second pandemic. We're dealing with health issues, remote work, kids at home, rising unemployment, economic uncertainty, isolation, and myriad other issues. I'll admit this year has taken a mental toll for me. I ask myself things like, am I an irresponsible parent because I'm not pushing for my kid to go back to school and thinking she would be safer at home right now? What is she missing out on? Or what is going to happen to my business? It seems fine right now, but is the economy going to tank in early 2021? And what happens if our political climate here in the U.S. gets dramatically worse and we don't want to live here anymore? Where will we go? I don't think it matters what political group you affiliate with. We're all asking ourselves tough and anxiety-ridden questions this year, and they're taking a toll on our mental health. The article talks about how it can be tough to bring up mental health issues if they have never been a part of the conversation in the past. And the author offers a number of suggestions for softening language. Starters like, I know these can be stressful times. How's your mental health these days? Or I'm having a tough time with X. What's keeping you up at night? Can help kick conversations off with team members about mental health. As I mentioned before, there's a great section on listening toward the end of the article, tips like being clear about your intentions, suspending judgment, and listening for themes are not just relevant in the current environment, but are great listening tips overall, and I think are helpful across the board, whether you're a CSM listening to your customers or a CS leader listening to feedback from a team member. Is this article worth your time? 
I think this is a great short and practical article that will help CS leaders make sure they are dropping the ball on the mental health of their team. Mental health is an ongoing issue that will carry into 2021, and we need to make sure that we're being supportive of and authentic with our team members. I would recommend this article to all CS leaders and to CSMs who want to work on active listening. We are wrapping up the book today with chapters 10 through 14 of The Effective Manager. These are the chapters on coaching and delegating. And I know that sounds like a lot of chapters, but they are relatively short. Two of them are literally a page and a half long. And so we're talking 37 pages total. This will go pretty quick. What is this section about? So chapter 10 is called Ask for More Coaching. And that talks about how to effectively coach team members towards stronger performance. Chapter 11 is called How to Start Coaching, and it talks about how to roll coaching out across your team when you haven't done it before. Chapter 12 is called Push Work Down Delegation and covers how to delegate work effectively and a variety of approaches to delegation. Chapter 13 is called Common Questions and Resistance to Delegation and talks about common points of resistance that your direct reports may have in your attempt to delegate. And chapter 14 is called How to Start Delegating, and it is a quick plan for exactly that. I would also recommend reading the afterword. This is a couple of pages at the end. I think it's worth reading. In this last short section of the book, Mark talks about approaching all of the tactics in his book with love, not romantic love, but professional love, which defines he defines as the willingness to risk yourself for the benefit of another. And this Um, is a tribute to the reason that I think true leaders get into management in the first place, which is to help others. So what do I agree with in this section? In chapter 10, the author talks about how the term coaching means different things in different organizations and sectors of the professional world. I think this is a really important call out because in Mark's terms, coaching means, quote, a systemic effort to improve the performance of a direct report in a specific skill area, unquote. Elsewhere, however, coaching can mean things like a manager pointing out mistakes or a manager taking an employee through a performance improvement plan with an eye to letting them go in the future. It's important to remember that in this case, coaching is seen as a proactive effort to help a direct report improve their performance in the long term. Another favorite section of chapter 10 for me is is step two, or collaborating by brainstorming resources to help your direct report. I love reading, obviously, and I love curating resources. I think this part of coaching really resonates with me. Your direct report probably has ideas about what could help them learn and grow as well, but by brainstorming together and then zeroing in on resources that are inside the scope and budget you have available, you not only gain the buy-in of your direct report, you have a set of practical resources for your direct report to take advantage of on their own if they so choose. There are so many free resources for CSMs right now, podcasts, meetups, other events, webinars. You could spend all day just watching content in our field. So help your team members choose the ones that will make the difference in a specific skill area that you want to see them build. Chapter 12, there's a great quote on the first page of the chapter, and it's this, quote, learning to delegate is part of the transition to becoming an executive. Too many managers today think that because they're smarter and more effective at getting things done than their directs, they should try to get more done by doing it themselves. This isn't sustainable, and I've seen the failure scenario play out a hundred times. Unquote. Mark goes on to talk about how this leads 
to executives being asked to leave their organizations because they are no longer effective. They're overloaded. And he makes a compelling case for delegation in the first part of the chapter. The other part of the chapter that really resonates is the scenario that he presents from pages 167 through 173. He talks about workload in terms of big and small balls in a bucket and has excellent visuals that go along with his points and uses this analogy to talk about various ways to tackle delegation, along with which ones won't work and which ones are most effective. He also talks about how you're never going to fill the spaces between the balls because we are all naturally a little inefficient. And this reality check was a good one for me and also for all of you perfectionists out there in the audience who think you can do it all. You can't. So the only thing I really disagree with in this section this week is, um, similar to the comment I made last week, the slow roll that the author recommends for implementing coaching and delegation is going to take way too long for most managers and anything but a very mature patient organization. I, I think in startups and growth stage companies, which I know many of us work in, eight months to get to the coaching stage is not going to cut it. I think it falls to managers in early and growth stage companies to figure out how to accelerate this process. For some of you, it may be s simply shifting how you are doing these things today so that you can adopt some of Mark's best practices. And for others, it may be adding these components of management in an accelerated timeline. Luckily, most employees in an earlier stage organization are used to moving quickly, uh, but you do need to keep in mind that people are still human, so um, human behavior still applies. So find that balance of moving a little more quickly than Mark recommends and making sure that your team doesn't freak out when you roll out new stuff. Is this worth reading? CS leaders, you need to read and adopt the best practices from this book. Getting to know your team members, providing feedback, coaching, and delegating are essential to your continued growth as a leader in our field. CSMs, if you think you want to go into leadership, you need to read this book before you do. These best practices are what it takes to become a strong manager, and if you aren't willing to adopt them, you should consider other paths to career success. As I mentioned earlier, a bonus episode will be published alongside this one that features a very fun interview with the author, Mark Horseman. You should also check out Mark's podcast, Manager Tools, if you want to dig deeper into the topic of leadership. And I do mean deeper. He and his partner, Mike, have over a thousand episodes available. So that podcast has been around for a long, long time. This is the final episode of season one of Reading for Success. We're going to continue to release a new episode every week through January but they will be a bit shorter and focused on articles rather than books. Season two of Reading for Success will start up on January 5th in 2021. If you're a regular listener, please take a couple of minutes to subscribe to Reading for Success and rate this podcast. I'm getting started on season two now, so if you have book recommendations, please send them my way. I would love to hear from you. I can be reached at kristen at thesuccessleague.io. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join Reading for Success next time.